Hello, sir. Hello, Scotty. How are you? I am tired, but well, thank you. You? I am still in the depths of depression, and I don't think I'll ever get out. Uh, well, I guess we're going <laughs> to... And I know you don't care. That's the that's the worst part of it. It's like as soon as I told you that, instead of me fe- having the impression that your 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 face is is brightening, saying that's okay, I can help him. You're like, oh God, what is he going on about? Well, everyone's going to be going asking what we're going on about because we lost last week's recording, so uh, no one has a clue what we're talking about. So we better probably backtrack a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's rewind. <laughs> Last John, week. what have you been up to this week? <laughs> okay, well, we can't, we can't even get it right at the same time. We obviously rewind to different places. Listen, John, what have you been up to this week, and why are you so depressed? Because because my, my, my winning streak at our hack day was brutally broken. It was savagely ripped from me. The award, which justifiably belonged on my desk, sits on somebody else's desk. And I'm, and I'm thinking about organizing a commando raid to return it to its rightful place among its cousins. Well, and so, yeah, what what went wrong? Well, one should never make a hack uh, that is too close to being a product feature. In other words, it has to be out there for it to be considered something worthy is, is what my takeaway for it. So we talked about it last week, and I talked about how, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you have to remember, nobody, nobody, nobody knows I, that. I know. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about that. Because I bet... we didn't get a recording last week. But anyway, so explain like we were just doing last week again and then zip forward again. Okay, well, let's see. Well, Scotty, you know how uh, Skip Politics shipped? Did you know that? Oh, no. I did, but no one else will. <laughs> oh, God. We have to go back to the beginning of time. Okay, first there was the dinosaurs. <laughs> And then came an asteroid, and the dinosaurs all died, and they turned into oil. And then came the Saudis. And I'm just kidding. That's a reference from Airplane. I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. Okay, so we'll rewind quite some bit. So last week, uh, there was a, a – or actually, I should say two weeks ago, uh, we shipped this thing called Skip Politics, which was a button that appears on, on at a particular time during a comedian named Seth Meyers special – and Seth Meyers is very well known for doing political comedy. In fact, he was one of he was the lead comedian at the Washington Correspondents' Dinner. It's this kind of yearly roast of of the current president. And uh, as you might imagine, Trump hates it. And and in particular, Trump hated the, the 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 last year when Obama was president. And Seth was just going on about kind of you know on Trump. And and even Obama himself was because he was talking about the birther things. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, it. it it, he's very well known for doing these types of jokes, and then his current thing uh, with with a, a late night special that he a late night show that he has, he regularly talks about Trump, as do pretty much every other comedian on the planet these days. And so, when it came time for him doing a, a special on Netflix, he had this idea: it's like, well, some people may be tired of, of Trump jokes, even if they they like them, they just may be tired of them, and some people absolutely just don't want to hear them at all. They want to hear comedy about his his family life or whatever. So. I don't know whether he did it as a riff on stage or had thought about it beforehand, but he basically says, and because this special on Netflix, we can have a special skip politics button that's going to appear right here. And he gestures to, to you know the bottom corner of the screen. And so word came down, you know, 
whatever, a couple of months ago saying, hey, that we have to implement the skip politics button. And and at first I thought, wow, this is a really dumb idea because it's opening up the door for kind of selective editing of, of, of our shows. And, and I was recalling even a, a product that existed, maybe still does exist. It was a, a type of, of, of software for evangelical Christians or just basically people who wanted clean, you know, viewing of, of, of their programs that would, it contained metadata about the, the naughty parts of, of popular movies and, and TV programs. And so it would, it was a basically a specialized DVD reader. You'd pop the DVD reader in and it had software to recognize which DVD it was and it would automatically skip through sections so you could watch these sanitized versions. And I thought, well, okay, we're now doing a modern version of that. This is a terrible idea. Then I actually got to see the special itself, and it was it was part of the gag. It's really funny. I'll put a link in the show notes for it, but it's it's actually it's funny uh, because it makes you, you wonder what's going on. So I, I I won't describe it because I don't want to spoil it, but you, people should just watch it. And so there was quite a bit of press about it, predictably, and surprisingly, most of it, you know, most of it was like, oh, oh this is the beginning of, of, of censorship, and this is a terrible idea, and this is, again, for people who clearly had not watched the damn thing. And, and oddly enough, the one that got it right, you know, and, and, and one of the tiny number of examples I did was a correspondent or an interview host, a guest, rather, on Fox Business News about the last place on earth I would expect to see it, but they said, this probably sounds like some type of meta joke we should watch, so. <laughs> so at least they got that right. So anyway, but the technology that made it possible was instead of doing it as a one-off, I decided that, that when I was working on it that there's likely that that we would maybe, you know, not do it all the time, but we might do it at least another time and I didn't want to have to I wanted the next time to be trivially easy to do. So I created a structure for having these generalized markers in, in the content uh which could have whatever metadata you wanted for it. It would just determine when something might appear on screen and and what you might want to do with it. It's as again, very generic. And uh, lo and behold, I was able to then put that to good use because I had been watching recently a program called uh, Rhythm and Flow, which is a hip-hop music competition. And I'm not generally a fan of, of music competition genre. I don't really love Britain's Got Talent or Ukraine's Got Talent or whatever, uh, but I do love hip-hop so much, and I particularly like the judges and the pe- the personalities on the program that I, I started watching it. And by about the third episode, there was a particular performer, this woman named London B, which was in the Atlanta portion of the show, and I watched it, and my, my head explodes. Like, I have to watch that again. So I start frantically tapping on the rewind button, and, you know, it works, except for it doesn't work very well, because you don't know how many times to tap, and eventually you overshoot the mark, and then you tap forward again, and you get a spinner, and, the, you know, eventually you, you muddle your way through, and you get to watch the performance again. But it's just not very nice. And so I said, ah, maybe I should put these content markers in this skip mechanism to good use so that instead of skipping forward, you can skip back so that if you see a performance of something you really like, you can tap on a button, have it go back right to where you want. And, uh, and then I thought, well, we could make it a really nicer experience because that's well suited to the, 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 the material in question because hip hop is all about scratching records and going back and, and repeating things. So I went to a graphic designer and said, Hey, could you give me a stylized jog wheel and could you put an icon of the performer in question? It's like, sure, no problem. And so when it, when it appears on screen, it kind of jogs a little bit to, to get your attention. When you tap on it, it starts to rewind, but then it also does something else. It basically says, well, if we're going to rewind, let's make it a real show. Let's have some eighties nostalgia. And it looks like an eighties, you know, VCR. So it takes these images that are in there called trick play, which are ways to, you know, if you, if anybody's used the, the, 
the slider to, to kind of move through the video, you see little images that represent the video in 10-second increments. So over the course of a, you know, a 90-second performance, there are several of those. They're quite small, but you can blow them up, and that's actually okay because it's supposed to look grainy. And I got the same graphic designer to give me some kind of statically staticky overlay images, which I cycled through. And then I went and went to YouTube and, and looked for different sounds, and I found one. And the reason why I did all that is that it gives something for the the user to look at that's kind of fits with the with the with the the content and during that half second animation the seek has already happened i already know exactly where i'm going so i tell the player go to this particular location and while the animation is playing back it has half a second to buffer which is a magic enough amount of time so that when the animation is done playback begins right away but wait there's more for these types of things, for, for hip-hop artists in particular, some of them, and this woman in particular, she goes very, very fast, and her lyrics are spectacularly good. And so you think, wow, I'd like to see the lyrics. And so I'm struggling thinking, where might I possibly find them? So I'm sending email and messages around the company saying, does anybody know London B personally? Could you find out? Could you get her notebook? Until somebody says, well, I know the person who worked on the program. Maybe you could get the official script. And I got in touch with them and said, yeah, sure, I don't see a problem with doing that. I'd love to know more about what you're doing. Doing. I sent an email and described what I'm doing. Ah, it sounds really cool. Great. And in the meantime, somebody else says, dumbass, just look at the closed captions. They're there. And lo and behold, they're there because our closed captions are really good and they're spot on. The timing is perfect. They even have little note icons in there to indicate it so that then after so I was able to put the whole thing together and basically just use things that are already there and give this really great experience so that if somebody wants to watch a performance again, they can watch it instantly, perfectly, and they get to look at the lyrics. So I was so pleased. I was like certain this is just going to walk away with a prize. And did it, Scotty? Did it win, Scotty? Did it win? No. No. And did some other hack that was just completely undeserving win? It sounds like it. <laughs> yes. And I shouldn't say that because I know the people that worked on it. It is a clever hack. The big difference is, is that their hack is something that could never possibly be shipped. It was kind of one of those, hey, we let's do something funny. So they did something called Nostalgia Flicks, which is basically, you know, a retro TV, like a 60s era TV with mechanical buttons that when you top and tap on it, you get lots of static and it takes a while for the signal to appear. And then they take a, a, a whatever would be a 9 by 16 you know, uh, video and they crunch it down to four by three by cropping it. And then they have like little filters you can apply to give it extra levels of static and extra levels of color desaturation. So you can just go back to that great nostalgic experience of watching Netflix content on a 1960s TV. So it's, it's a clever achievement in web and, and, and stupid pet tricks with CSS and advanced web technologies. But that's not something I can ship, and nobody's going to say, oh, I really want to watch that all the time, whereas my thing, people want it. So I was so devastated, Scotty, so devastated. And, and I know you don't care, but I do. You sound heartbroken. I am heartbroken. And, and, and distraught. I am distraught. I wish I could find something soothing to say, but I can't. <laughs> and you don't want but, to, but that's okay. You know, what can I say? I have three other awards, and, and so what we vowed, and, and my teammates did, is basically <laughs> like, we're never going to do this again. We're never going to suffer this pain. And foolish me, this is the second time I've done it. Because the first hack, which I lost to to people who who are now my current teammates and who kind of led the way, saying, it's like, you just have to have something bullshit, but have a great demo. And I'm like, all right, you're right. But I thought, what if you were to have a great story and a great video and a great presentation at the same time? 
anyway. Oh, I see. So you lost another hack day, then you joined a winning team. So it wasn't that you were any good in the first place. No, no. Well, no. I'm just saying that thing that 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 I thought I thought that that I could now that I had you know a well-oiled team that had won three in a row using you know similar techniques in each one where you make it the engineering just good enough to get something going and then you have a very crisp video and then a very crisp demo that you've rehearsed properly and we did all these things thing everything went off flawlessly but somewhere along the lines either through ballot stuffing or who knows maybe they outdid us in that or <laughs> I don't know what. But uh, I'm still, you know, we just all decided that next time, you know, we're, we should have gone with the more bullshit idea that we had, again, with something completely stupid that's amusing, but would never, would never possibly ship. Oh, well, that's always next. I mean, I mean you, you sure that the, uh, the Russians didn't get involved in the voting or something? I think it's quite spot certain. But the, the, the last laugh may still be mine in that, when 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 the video was done and I was able to show it to the people that are involved in the show, they all said this is really cool. So who knows? You know, maybe this will exist because um, I think that there there's a, a, a there's a true value for it. Not for every type of programming, but this was a good confluence of 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 interactive capabilities for for the content that actually benefits from it. In your heart, you won. Exactly, but my heart is not enough. Just not. Just not in reality. Not in Lucite on my desk. <laughs> I mean, I've had so little to say so far this episode because we've been listening to your, you know, uh, sorrowful story of, of how... Uh, but I think I have managed to come up with a show title now, which I think it is, you know, Hacked Off About the Hack, I think <laughs> is what we will call it this week. All right, very good. There we are. So I'm hacked off as well because um, uh, I... I think I see because we've lost a few recordings recently. I've no idea what people have heard and haven't heard anymore. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure we got an episode out where I was talking about uh, initially talking about uh, doing UI testing. We did, and how I was unsure. And I think another episode went out where I said I'd actually come round to be quite pro about UI testing. I you did that episode went out. <laughs> I know we've had the conversation, so that's no. The, it's um, actually gone out over the air. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, but I'm doing some UI testing again at the moment, and it's like I'm doing this on the Mac, and it's there is you know I hate to do this, but the documentation is just so bad, or should I say not so bad, just so non-existent when it comes to anything to do with the Mac uh, on this stuff that it's it's um, it's really really just wastes so much time. So I have a, um, a an NS outline view. And it's on the, you know, it's in, in a typical sort of a sidebar. And at the bottom of the sidebar is a segmented control, um, uh, which allows, you know, it's got three options on and it allows you to press those and it will filter the NS outline view. So I wanted to do some UI tests to ensure that when you access the, you know, the these buttons on the segmented control, um, that, uh, you know, the outline view responded correctly. Now, working with outline views in um, uh, UI tests is quite hard anyway because things don't exist until you expand them and you have to be able to find them and you can't just do it on the text because there could be repeated text, so you have to make sure that everything gets set up in the outline view with the proper accessibility identifier, um, which is unique so you can find it, but it still won't exist until it's expanded and a bunch of stuff like this. But, you know, you get there in the end, and sometimes you can do a bit of recording and 
even though the recording in UI tests is atrocious, it just doesn't work. If you can record the bit you want to do with the NS outline view, that can give you a nice bit of code that which you can then use. And so you can then build your test maybe a little bit better. But, you know, as I don't think enough people, I mean, you know, because you've done, you, you do with UI testing, but basically in UI testing, you have two classes, XCUI element and XCUI query, uh, element query. And I think, you know, and, and that's it. And, you know, an element might, you know, has a a bunch of queries of it might be like buttons or static text or um, segmented controls is one of them. Uh, but does a segmented control ever appear in the UI se- in the segmented controls of an XUI query? No, it does not. Never. No, it does not. Um, does it give any indication of where it does appear? No, it does not. Uh, is it a button? No. Is it static text? No. Is it is it anything that might bloody well exist somewhere? No. <laughs> is it very frustrating for you, the developer, trying to write unit tests? I mean, you UI tests that that exercise these types of elements. It is more than frustrating. It is just incredibly, um, you know, bad. Now, for for some reason, I've not been able to record. So I could, you know, the easy option is to turn on a recording, just go in and click the segmented control and find out what the hell the recorder says it is. Um, but it's, you know, and, and I can do that, and I will do that. I mean, this is only something I've been working on this afternoon, so this is why it's like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hacked off about this. Uh, but, you know, it shouldn't... No, it's not that it shouldn't be this difficult. This should be easy. There should just be a nice simple checklist somewhere that says okay a segmented control will be considered this type of um element inside of a an xcui element um you know the uh this type of thing will be a checkbox and this because it's not always blatantly obvious what they are um in there and you know that's not beyond the wit of man to put together his documentation or is you know help somewhere or whatever but it's just frustrating, and I'm quite, you know, I I still think UI testing is useful, but it's coming to the point that, you know, is this just down to experience? Can I ever be productive enough in it to justify the amount of time it currently takes? Now, I've been writing it off over the last, you know, time that, you know, I'm still working this stuff out and as I learn where stuff is and as I learn how it works you know everything will get faster but I still seem to be constantly bashing my head for hours against certain things um now I know what it is it's I think the system is designed to just say well record your test and then don't worry about it you know but the recording doesn't work particularly when you get to really complex stuff like um, NSILM views so you know if the recording worked then that that would hold true, but the recording doesn't work, and the documentation uh, doesn't doesn't be helpful enough. So I am quite disappointed and frustrated. And uh, so there we are. This is a this is a time where <laughs> our listener gets to listen to us being really depressed and fed up. But there we are. But Scotty, so, unlike... I mean, do you have any advice on this? You use XEUI test all the time. I think it's a little bit clearer sometimes on iOS, but I can imagine it's not. You, know, you still get some similar problems. You still definitely run into problems. I think the only advice I have for you is that at any time when you can stop the in the debugger, 
uh, I forgot the name of the, the method offhand, but you can print the entire view hierarchy as it's understood by essentially by the, the XE unit test framework. So it will, it, it will show you the entire view hierarchy, including each of the different elements, which are happy enough to have descriptions that should tell you what their their uh, what their accessibility traits are, I believe, or if not, you if you, if you can if you can see what the identifier it is, or find a way then in in the debugger to do a query for it, you can then introspect that that element, and that might give you the answer you're looking for. Yeah, you can sometimes find that in there, but it seems to be fairly random to how much of the hierarchy it shows you at any one point. Yeah. Um, well, and I and I think here's the here's the thing. It's like, yep, it's not perfect. I'm willing to bet that uh, now here I I think you did say something and I can't remember what it went out over the air, but uh in the case of iOS, accessibility had already existed um, and was built into the operating system. I think that accessibility has been there since the first versions of UIKit, whereas it seems like it was grafted onto to AppKit, and I would say it shows. Um, yeah, I don't know when accessibility did come into uh, Coco. I thought it was there before iOS. Maybe I'm completely um, but maybe, wrong, but may, but maybe it was still grafted onto it. But then, because it was so good, or the approach was so good that they implemented it in iOS in more integrally. I don't know. I, I mean, I I just seem to remember that accessibility was been around for a long, long time. I could be totally and utterly wrong now. Well, so that's yeah. that's the, the 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 show notes. Two depressed people can't agree on how old something is. Yeah. <laughs> Two depressed old cotchers. I mean, we may as well just refer to it. Oh, this episode is OK Boomer or something. So, uh, do you want to know another thing that's um, fairly depressing? I would love to know another thing that's fairly depressing. Yeah, uh, money well and sinking. It's, uh, yeah, we're sort of on the verge of maybe throwing out core data. I would support that. <laughs> uh, you should just do it. Yeah, and just working straight against SQLite, um, which has pros and cons. The main con being it puts us at least a couple of months back on what we've been trying to do. Uh, but sometimes you have to, yeah, so you're in that mode of saying, um, you know, it does it. It's a couple of months, yeah, and that's not very nice. But you've got to live with this stuff for a very long time. So, you know, do you just just get on with it? But uh, yeah, so looking at maybe just using SQLite straight um, as it is, uh, probably using a Swift framework called GRDB to access it, which um, is one of I'd say two of the most popular Swift frameworks we're looking at, and in that way and. Of course, we then got to access, you know, do syncing in a slightly different way because we can't use ensembles because that was very much against um, uh, core data. So, uh, been been doing some playing and some investigation into a few things. I won't say yet where we're going down. Hopefully, by next week, I'll be made a final conclusion on some of this stuff. But uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, I feel reasonably happy about it, but equally feel reasonably um, sort of uh, uh, disturbed. Disturbed, that's probably the wrong word. Distressed. Something that begins with dis. Disingenuous. Dysfunctional. (laughs) Distrustworthy. Destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. So, John, tell me something positive that's happened. Well, 
<laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> okay, no, uh, this afternoon, uh, Apple have, uh, I think it's this afternoon, have announced the 16-inch MacBook. Pro. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, that is and, potentially nice. Uh, with the uh, scissor keyboard um, instead of the butterfly keyboard. Uh, and it's... Um, yeah, and it's I, it's now can have an eight core processor and up to sixty four gig of memory and eight terabytes of SSD, as long as you don't mind spending close to seven thousand dollars on it. That is a bargain um, at twice the price. Well, yeah, so I I have a one year old a one year old um two thousand eighteen uh, fifteen inch, and now I've got to make the decision: do I just sell it now? Well, it's got um two years of Apple Care left on it, and sh- switch over because I really don't like the keyboard. Uh, and I am a little nervous about you know um, how long these keyboards will last. Or uh, probably more likely is give it another six months just to make sure there are not real issues with this one, and then um, maybe maybe uh, just accept that my uh, my used fifteen inch is worth a little less, and I've got a bit more of a makeup and see what happens. But I, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I've I've been suffering mightily with my minimum you know half a terabyte of SSD storage, which is can't be upgraded. And if I could go back in time, I would have, you know, waited the extra week or so it took to be able to take delivery of one where you have the two terabyte option. And I never would have imagined that it would take that much. But in fact, uh, dirty little secret, if you use Docker and and you use software that creates Docker images like like Node does, um, at least in our use of it, uh, it creates an image every time you start up doing development for it. And if you don't clean them out... Uh, you end up with tons and tons of space because each image can be a gigabyte or, or close to it. So you run it several times and all of a sudden, you know, you're running out of space. And then, then you run into the unfortunate situation where you need to upgrade Xcode, but you don't have enough space to be able to have current Xcode and updated Xcode and, and enough buffer to be able to, to, you know, unpack the the old and, I mean, the new and put it over the old. And then you have to, like, you know, destroy the old and then you're in that unfortunate situation where you might not be able to develop, especially if if you're unable to download the eight gigabytes of download needed for the the new version in time before you have to hop on the shuttle or some other such thing, so yes, we are full of of trouble these days. But I don't know. Well, well, just say it'd be interesting to see over the next few weeks. I mean, the initial reviews I've seen are, uh, are quite good, but then you know we're, we're just gonna have to see what um uh you know what happens with this. Hopefully, this keyboard will be better. I mean, it does look like a nice machine. Um, I don't think the prices have really gone up, obviously, if you have more memory than the old ones. So that's good that Apple have released something without the prices going up. I think I'm right there. I could be wrong. And uh, uh, the, I'll tell you something else I've been... Sorry, carry on. Is the 16-inch screen, you know, within the same form factor as the 15-inch model, or is it like it will no longer uh, fit in your messenger bag and you uh, have to add a whole I new thing? I believe the form factor is still the same. Oh, nice. The, bez- the bezel is smaller. Mm. So basically, I think the 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 it is. I think it will go with any of the current laptop bags and things. I think I could be wrong there because I've say if only an hour or so ago looked myself, um, but I think that's uh, that that's the correct statement. Mm. I'm talking of laptop bags and does it fit? I've been you know because of client work and I have to use a client laptop. You know, I've been carrying around a client laptop and a personal laptop for uh, you know months now and you know firstly i've started to develop a, a bad shoulder because i've been carrying it in a satchel which isn't necessarily you know a good weight distribution mechanism um the satchel's always been quite heavy and um a bit stretched because it's got two laptops in it and uh the other day uh the strap just uh where the strap joins the satchel um uh it just uh broke 
and so I got to get it repaired. And I thought, right, so first of all, I need to get a proper laptop bag, not this satchel. Um, so I started looking into a few of those, and yeah, you can spend anything from twenty bucks to you know, you know, five hundred bucks on a, a laptop bag. Um, I'm not always sure what the difference is between some of them. Um, but equally, at the same time, I thought, okay, I'm going to buy, and I just bought, I bought a reasonably good one. Um, you know, what I think is a reasonably good one, but it uh, probably in the budget price range, really. I'll, I'll only got to be using it a few days. I'll give you a review of it next week, maybe when I've been carrying a bit more. But I also decided, look, this is this is silly carrying around two laptops and doing everything. You're very rarely using both at the same time. You're just doing this because you, you know, the client needs you to use their laptop. But equally, you shouldn't put any of your personal stuff onto the client laptop. Um, so for the last few days now, I have been uh, just carrying one of these laptops, and have been um, carrying my second laptop just on a ssd drive now so in other words so I, I use one piece of hardware and i just boot to a totally different os and a totally different thing um using a USB-C uh, ssd external drive and the performance is actually pretty good um obviously i don't i have the the disadvantage that i can't ever just use both laptops at the same time um i do need to shut down fully you know one machine to boot up the other machine um and whatever else but actually it's uh i've been reasonably impressed with how well it actually works so there we are that's something i'm quite cheery about now well i did that for for when i was testing whatever catalina um but the problem you run into it's very inconvenient because you're very used to just like closing your lid and being on your way but you can't do that with an externally external drive that you booted from bad things happen but you know that yeah, no, you have to shut down every time. So there are compromises. Uh, but I think, um, and I think there will be times when, I mean, the, the thing is, see, if you use start using two laptops, how do you keep them in sync? Because basically what I did is I took my other laptop and I literally used SuperDuper to clone my other laptop's hard drive onto the SSD. So I literally then plugged it into the other laptop and it was like I was just using my old laptop. It was really slick, um, really good, because they're both... Uh, MacBook Pros. I mean, they are ones are two sixteen and ones are two eighteen, but you know, it just it worked. I think I had to re-log into iCloud, um, and uh, obviously the um, fingerprint um, doesn't come across because that's stored on the hardware. Um, so I had to reset up fingerprint identification for 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 the SSD one. Um, so it was it was uh, pretty good and i started this and i've forgotten totally what i was going to say now <laughs> you were going to talk about how this is a first world problem or i think in in the office i might yeah no sorry i was going to say the trouble is if i start using the second laptop again sometimes when it's convenient do i how do i now keep things in sync how do i need to keep the ssd and whatever in sync now, so i've decided if i do open occasionally need the other laptop to to send an email or to look something up or whatever else it's fine, but I'm just going to accept that when I finish doing this and the client laptop goes back, and so I'm not plugging an SSD drive into that one to 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 use as a personal laptop. Um, I will just be blatting back the other way, so I can't put anything onto the personal laptop that I'm not prepared to lose. Um, this is the decision I've made. Sounds like a reasonable decision. You know what else would be a reasonable decision? 
We're wrapping up this show. Indeed, indeed, because I can hear the audience leaving with the sound of the the door opening and closing. They've been flooding out. Yep. Well, Scotty, if people want to to send their condolences for all the suffering you've been you've been uh, you know experiencing over XC Element Query, where may they do that? They can do that on uh, Microdot Blog as Scotty, or on Twitter as MacDevNet, or of course they can get hold of both of us by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. And if John, if people want to um, tell you to keep your chin up uh, after your devastating and humiliation of a loss <laughs> you had <laughs> put the humiliation be... <laughs> what should they be doing that you, you can send condolences and warm thoughts to to the place that is full of of condolences warm thoughts and civil conversations twitter where you'll find me as jembe that's d-j-e-m-b-e like the west african drum right well thanks for listening folks hopefully you'll get to hear this episode <laughs> I say my confidence is at about 50% right now. <laughs> so we will see. <laughs> we will see. So thanks for possibly listening. <laughs> I hate you, Scotty. Bye. <laughs> Until next time, you take care. If we lose this one, you've got to buy a new recorder.